Uh, good morning. Welcome to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee for June 12th, 2017. My name is Tim Patterson, Trade Show Guy. I'm the author of Trade Show Success, 14 Proven Steps to Take Your Trade Show Marketing to the Next Level, uh, blogger at tradeshowguyblog.com, and of course, owner of Trade Show Guy Exhibits. So what's going on in the trade show world here at Trade Show Guy Exhibits? Well, we just finished last uh, week a 20 by 20 custom exhibit for Bob's Red Mill uh, out of Portland, which will make its debut later this month in just a couple of weeks up at uh, Fancy Foods in New York City. I think it's at Jacob Javits Center. Uh, we should have photos of the booth once it's set up and has made its official premiere. So check the blog for that. It's a very fun and quick thing. And it looks like our video stopped. So you know what? I need to go back and try again online, uh, live. I, this is a, I'm still recording it. But for whatever reason, it stopped online on Facebook. So let's, let me try one more time. Uh, accessing your camera. Yes, it's a trade show guy. Monday morning coffee technology hmm when it fails we all say don't you love it all right let's uh let's make sure this is going on oh, no, i shut everything down you know the computer's got like 16 gig of ram and everything's happening so anyway back to the uh, live broadcast here and i think i did it so quickly i misspelled it uh Tade show guy to <laughs> anyway uh talking about the bob's red mill booth the 20 by 20 custom booth we did for them uh, basically, uh, I heard from them in mid-April about a potential new project, so we worked out a design and budget and did the complete fabrication and client walkthrough in under two months, which, uh, frankly, is one of the shortest projects, especially for a custom island booth that I've ever been involved with. Lots of fun, uh, good work, and I know it's going to impress uh, people at the show. Also, uh, just heard from a, a previous client, which is kind of fun, that uh, they want to rent a booth for a couple of shows later in the year. Um, you know, uh, as someone who's always prospecting, uh, you know, to keep the business going, my current list is about 20 potential projects in the pipeline. Now, some of those are warm leads. Some of those are cool leads. A couple are hot leads. Uh, in my experience, excuse me, <coughs> about half are projects that, uh, end up going, getting delayed for some reason, or they don't have the budget and it just gets pushed off another year. Uh, a third maybe end up going to someone else. And so that leaves, um, do the math, um, maybe a sixth of them, something like that, which we end up getting. Uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, those that would be really good. That would be a really good way to finish the year. Um, and I know I'm, it's only in the middle of June, so we got six and a half months left. Uh, so what else? Well, I've mentioned over the past several months some of the various things I do on a regular basis, but it might be fun to recap. Uh, twice a week, if time allows, I sit down for an hour video call with uh, the Shank Minds Mastermind Group. Uh, it's an hour-long call. It's something I've been in part of uh, about a part of for about a half a year. There are 50, 60, 70 people in, and maybe 25 or 30 show up for the calls on a regular basis. We do them Mondays and Fridays. Uh, many people, people the, uh, seem very active on the, the Facebook page, closed group, but very active there. Uh, lots of very talented, very smart people, very engaging people in industries that in occupations that range from law to writing to publicity uh, to booking travel to podcasting to public speaking and more. Uh, really, the only thing they have in common, in a sense, is that they're all their own boss. Uh, you may notice that I blog at least twice a week. It's something I've done since about 2009. I've, I've experimented with how often I should do it, the frequency anything from uh, once a week to twice a month to every day. I did that for uh, a, a couple of months, uh, probably a few years ago. 
the only thing that really jumped out at me about that is that, yes, you get more traffic the more you do it, which I think is interesting. So I tend to, to, to do what my time allows, and I, and I do, of course, this podcast and blog, the vlog, whatever you want to do it, or call it. That shows up uh, once a week, and then I do a couple of other blog posts. So, yeah, something new about three times a week. Uh, you know, I mentioned that I converted to from the, it was a, it was a webinar last year. This is, was on like webinar jam last year, monthly. I'd have a guest, uh, about half the time and the other times it'd be a structured formal webinar. Um, this year I converted it to a weekly and I thought it would be more personal, but I also throw a lot of business stuff in there and I've had guests maybe four or five this year. Uh, you can ch- go check. Uh, so I try and have one a month, maybe, maybe two if I can get to it, but, but, but frankly, uh, Booking that, just people's schedules, it's, it's kind of difficult since I do it live. Uh, I need a producer, I'm sure. <laughs> I also attend uh, every week a Sandler sales training course, uh, a couple of hours every Thursday morning. A self-employed, self-directed person, it's always important, I think, to get some training in that um, as a guy who didn't come up in the sales world. So it was one of my commitments that came out of the class. I spend at least an hour a day, three days a week. Uh, doing nothing but phone prospecting. You can call it cold calling. You can call it what you want. Uh, it's interruption marketing. I've heard that. Uh, but frankly, it, it does develop leads. And every once in a while, one of those leads turns into a project. So it's time, I think, well invested. And there's systems and, and processes. You do that so that you, you can not waste people's time if they're not interested. So you get in and out. You're not trying to pitch them something. You're just trying to have a conversation. Uh, but it does bring me to my overall topic of today's podcast, that of continuing education. You know, ever since I got out of college and went to work right away in radio as a teenager. I've been interested in learning. And believe me, when I was in high school, I was like, yeah, I need to get out of here. I need to be an adult and not have to go to class anymore. Uh, But at that age, you know, I just wanted to get out of school and be an adult, whatever that meant. It wasn't long after that I got into radio and realized the process of learning never stops unless, of course, you as a person put a stop to it. Um, So it wasn't long after that I was back in you know, taking a creative writing class here and there, attending a financial education seminar. I remember going to a couple of real estate seminars. I would go to conferences, radio conferences, attend sessions there. And I remember one time, it was around 1980, I was at a conference. It was, in fact, a really big deal. They announced MTV starts this fall. And we all went, MTV, what's, what's that? Anyway, that was, that was the interesting big deal there. But I remember going to a conference at, uh, excuse me, a, a session at this conference in which there was a huge discussion. I don't remember what the topic was, but the, the discussion came down to what was a hit record and what was not a hit record. And everyone seemed to have a little different opinion. It was, I still remember that. So why do uh, education? Why can, keep learning? Well, I think it's important from a number of perspectives. I like knowing things. And I like having bits of knowledge in my head, facts factoids, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I remember just uh, last week during the uh, James Comey hearing on Capitol Hill, he had mentioned something about, uh, will no one rid me of this meddlesome priest? And everyone went, wait a minute. And the guy, of course, that was interviewing him, asking the questions, knew exactly what he was talking about. I think it was Henry II uh, and and Thomas Beckett. Uh, If you've seen the movie Beckett starring Peter O'Toole, it's a great look at that. Back, what, 12th century, 13th century, something like that. So ancient English history, uh, that was his reference there. So, And I didn't know that, at the, at the at, so, but a lot of people did. But I like knowing things, and I didn't know that. So uh, you can use any number of reasons to keep educating yourself on purpose. But really, it's, to me, an ongoing, voluntary, self-directed, self-motivated pursuit of knowledge 
for personal or professional reasons. And you can look at the statistics. Uh, the more formal education the ha- you have, the higher your earning potential. If you don't finish high school, chances are you'll be stuck in a low-paying job for the rest of your life, for much of your life. Uh, but if you rack up a college degree or two, your earning power increases quite a bit. Uh, and your personal education, you're always going to be in a better position to earn a higher paycheck, so you can do it for professional reasons too. Uh, you can also do it for personal reasons. Um I'm sure you've been at a gathering or a party and you get into a conversation with a group of people. At some point, people will start talking about something you may have interest in, but in fact, you have very little knowledge about the topic. For example, I love old vintage cars. I don't bother to learn much about them, but I love looking at old cars. And every once in a while, I get into a conversation with someone who is crazy about old cars and knows everything. I have a friend who has a like a 72 Corvette. It's in pieces. It's in his garage. He'll get it fixed at some point, remodeled, or whatever, refurbished. But he can be driving along and we'll be at a car show and he'll say, do you know the difference between a 71 and a 72 Corvette? Can you tell the difference? And he'll start telling me about like a door handle or, or a tail light or something like that. He knows things. It's great because that's his obsession. That's his passion. Uh, okay, getting a little off track maybe. Uh, there are so many kinds of things to learn. There's formal education, the kind you get by taking a college class or night class or a continuing education class. Uh, you can get college credit for it, and it can add to your overall education, which can help you in your career if you'd like, or in your personal life, which is you know the reason I took a couple of uh, creative writing courses along the way. Uh, there are classes you can learn to take a spe- learn a specific skill, which I've done before. Uh, Toastmasters, uh, which was great to learn public speaking. Uh, in my mid twenties, I took a self-defense course, which actually lasted about three years. I learned a lot about self-defense, one-on-one personal fighting, you know, that sort of thing. Interesting. And it it actually affected me. uh, It gave me confidence in other areas of my life. So things can happen that are, uh, unintended results. And that was a good one. Good stuff. And and it makes you a better, uh, more well-rounded person. I think, uh, the more, you know, the more you realize, the less, you know, (laughs) the more you learn, then I realize there's a lot out there to learn. And you can never learn everything. Knowledge is something we'll fill our minds and hearts with, and it becomes something that shapes our lives, uh, how we deal with people and how we approach problems. Uh, you know those types of people that are just really resourceful, more resourceful than you? They can figure out how to get something done. Uh, I'm amazed at some of the people, uh, some of the things that people can do when pressed. I've never considered myself a really, truly resourceful person. So when I meet someone who is that, I, I'm, I like to see that as impress, impressive. And I learn something. I pay attention. Uh, you can ask yourself how to best learn. Uh, what's your learning style? There are many kinds of learning, and we often tend to move uh, to one style over another. But we can learn all different ways. Um, one resource that I was looking at uh, when I'm putting the notes together for this, uh, there are seven learning styles, visual, oral, verbal, physical, logical, social, and solitary. Now, uh, you can distill that down from what I, my understanding is there are mainly three styles, listening, seeing, and experiencing, or auditory, visual, and kinetic. Personally, I think it works better when I see something, and I think a majority of people are, if you run the stats on that. I remember in uh, the late 80s and early 90s, when I was really interested in learning how to uh, work a computer, home computers were starting to happen then. I had a friend who bought one a little before I did, but uh, when I got mine, I would go to his house and I'd look over his shoulder and learn how he did things, how his, you know, wrote commands in and DOS and things like that. 
uh, back when we used to do that, you know, you'd dial into a bulletin board service if you wanted to get online. That's what online was back then. And you'd log on at like 1,260 uh, bits per second or something like that. It was just nuts. Um, anyway, that approach worked for me well. For two years, I learned a lot just by looking. Uh, I learned a, a lot by watching and then trying as a young skier. Another example, I I would ski up and I'd see a lesson going on. The teacher would be showing five or six students how something, you know, how you do a stem Christia turn or something like that. And I go, oh, let me go try that. And I'd try it. So watching by, uh, learning by watching is how it worked a lot for me. Uh, so if you find yourself in a class and your mind is wandering or you're watching a video online and you're distracted, pay attention to why you are distracted. Is it the material or is it just not fit your style of learning? Is it the teacher? Uh, maybe it's the information you're not interested in. Whatever approach you take, I, I, I really believe that lifelong learning is key. It just it gives you so much. Uh, it opens doors to things you previously didn't know existed. It shows you how things work that might change how you think about something. And most of all, I think it makes you feel better about who you are. So, you know, don't be that guy or girl after college that says, hey, that's it. I'm done with learning. Let me go work. So trade show tip of the week. Uh, to wrap this up, or almost wrap it up, be specific when you're going to a show about what your overall goals for that show are. Uh, do you want leads? Set a number. Know what you're trying to do? Give out the, you want to try to give out samples, for example? Uh, have a number in mind of how many you'd like to give out. You want to do demos? Know how many demos you're going to do and how you'd like to perform in the show and how many people you'd like to come to those demos. At the end of the show, Add up all those numbers. Add up the leads, the samples given out, or demos, or whatever, and compare your actual numbers to your goals. This gives you critical information so you can set more realistic goals for the next show. Uh, dig deeper and try and find out why you got as many leads as you did and what it might take to increase next time. In fact, uh, the more that you know about your overall metrics can be very helpful as you plan for future shows. Count as much as you can. Uh, number of booth visitors, if you can, samples handed out, demos given, leads captured, conversations with potential customers, referrals, and so on. And write down any interesting questions people ask. If people have a question about your product, it's because they're interested in it. Uh, if they have a complaint about it, that's a good thing to send back to the guys that are working on the product, whatever that may be. Uh, some things are easier to count. Some things not as easy, but do your best to gather as much intel as you can at each show It'll help you plan the next show and even help decide if you should even be at a particular show. All right, just about to wrap it up. I have one good thing, which I wrap up every trade show guy Monday morning coffee with. And uh, this week it's birthdays. Lots of people I know had birthdays in the last week or two. <laughs> I don't know why it is. Uh, I, I'm sure you probably can point to a few times during the year when you have a lot of friends and family that, that there's just like a bunch of birthdays in a short period of time. There's like a, a week in February. I've got a brother's birthday, a friend's birthday, another friend's birthday, uh, you know, an uncle's, whatever. First week and a half of June is the same way. Uh, the big one was last Friday the 9th when my mother turned 89. That's right. Uh, we went for a three-mile hike the week before, and she was really glad to get out. She she loved doing it. Uh, my, my dad passed away a year, just a year ago, a year, just a year and a couple months ago, and uh, they would go hiking a lot. So she doesn't get out and do the hiking because they would do it together. She doesn't like to do it by herself. But when you know I come up and say, let's go hiking, she says, ooh, let's go do that. Uh, so in, in fact, I want to mention when they were uh, in their 60s back in the 80s, they 
hiked the entire Pacific Crest Trail system from Mexico to Canada after they retired. Took them two summers to do it, but they did it. Uh, so that was what they did in their 60s. And I might mention I was also born on my mom's 27th birthday. Do the math. Uh, don't announce that. But have yourself a great week. And I'll see you next time. Thank you.